Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no So, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Marlins start the second half of the season on the wrong foot. The Open tees off this weekend across the pond, and Inter Miami CF gets ready for messy time. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go. weekend let me tell you bro what that post that i did that i shouted you out because i was wearing the miami golf bros open Which is a fire polo by the fire way fire polo works perfectly um do you do have anybody i've had a couple people tell me that they've worn the the merch yeah man and like, that they've had other people be like yo let me see that a little bit for sure closer in detail both guys that i was playing with this week asked me like yo what was that and i was like it, which makes it hard because like you're like yeah follow my boy right and then it's like, oh, but what's up with that trip? And it's like, uh, there's a waiting list. You see, you got to be put on the waiting list, which I can ask, you know. But it just opens up a box of worms, right? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, I had a good time. And um, I, I didn't really dodge the rain that's been off and on this week, dog. It's been crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's been everywhere, all over South Florida. Thunderstorms have been, like, crazy. Um, but you got a little round in Played at right. a place not so, not so well liked. No, by many, we remain nameless. No, no free, no free ads here for sure. But like the problem is now that the fever of golf is really taking place down here in Miami, right? Like as far as people in our age bracket, bro. If 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 you're gonna do the disservice of charging and then not have a good golf course for that, you just close down your facility and like or lower your rates completely and and fill it up that way because. Meanwhile, you're competing with other courses that are maintained, uh, upkept, you know what I mean? Actually have greens. So it, it makes a big difference when you're paying for, for a golf dog. Yeah. Because it ain't cheap. I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But the other thing is we don't have a lot of options here. That's also true. There's not that many courses, especially when you're talking about Dade County. Yeah. Damn. You got Trump. Springs under construction. Yep. You got Country Club, which is mediocre at best. Right. Shula's rates are up now. Biltmore is through the roof. Miami Beach, Miami Shores, Normandy. You're talking about $100 courses. Um, Even and then, Crandon. And then, yeah, you have Crandon out in the key. But then what other courses do you have? Miko, Costa. What other golf courses do you have besides that? Nah, I think I just rattled off like 10. Yeah. And then, and, 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 neither, and none of them really stand out. Obviously, that, that are no, not Trump. Good. Yeah, no, Trump like the Trump and, 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 and Lake. Miami Beach, and Miami Beach, Beach you know, right? Like, yeah. Miami Shores. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you got some good ones, but it's it's crazy because you have 10, you know, like if, if I named 10 courses right now, let's say I named a dozen, 12 of them, <laughs> right? Six of them are like above, above average. Yeah. That's that's a C plus yeah. B B average, and it's not that the other six are average; it's that the other six are like below average. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, and it's a shame, dog. But whatever, what you're about. still gonna play, right? I, <laughs> what what are we do? gonna do? That's <laughs> why they. That's my. But that's my whole. I, I digress. That's my whole argument. Is that's that's why they can get away with charging thirty, yeah. forty, fifty dollars for these courses that aren't worth twenty bucks. You right. know, right. even if there is a cart like involved or whatever. But hey, you got your golf in, dog. That's all that, so matters. that matters. While I was here. 
doing a bunch of uh, yard work at the crib, <laughs> just dying in that blistering heat, bro. It is so hot outside lately. Yeah, yeah, it's been rough, man. It's been rough, and and the fact that you can even get a heat advisory from your phone, <laughs> like in the middle of the day, just lets you yeah. know how hot it is. Um, so yeah, I thought it was my phone that heated up, like overheated, and it was like, no, nah. get inside before you you're die. Melt. You're from gonna over, melt from heating shots. You're gonna melt, doggy. You're gonna melt, bro. It's bad. Like you just stand outside and you're just sweating. You can be. Like just chilling, not doing anything, right. and you'll start sweating within yeah, thirty it's, seconds. It's not good. It's not good. It's a bad time to to be hot, you know. And um, a team that's definitely not hot as of late is the Marlins. You know, they they kind of struggled heading into the All Star break. Still headed in with a positive win and whatnot, but overall they weren't the same dominant comeback Marlins. And you know, in this series against Baltimore, in Baltimore, the Marlins. Besides getting swept, it, it looked like they were starting to fall apart in innings that they normally win, right? Um, you know, you get swept by Baltimore. You lost games two and three early on in the games, right? Where by the f- fourth or fifth inning, Marlins are down four to three, four to two, you know, something like that. And it's like, yeah, it's it's we can come back, but you, you don't necessarily want to just rely on that, right? Just because you know that you can do it. And that first game was that was that type of was that type of feel, right? Because the Marlins lost five to two, and Sandy had pitched a decent game for himself, right? Not a great game. Uh, had two earned Could've runs. Could have been better. Could have been better, right? But he he pitched enough, right, and enough to keep the Marlins in the game. And and we we just didn't show up with the bats that day. Um, we never really led in the game at all, and and they pretty much lit us up because they hit three home runs in that game off of our pitching. So we we kind of struggled there, and not all three were off of Sandy though. No, just one. Just making sure. No, yeah, man, that would have been real rough. Just one, but it was enough. It was enough for them to get the big plays and the Marlins struggle at the plate. So even if you do get uh, two runs in on Sandy, which is not bad at all, right? In in this modern age baseball, where it's a lot easier to score runs, Marlins just couldn't put anything together, right, where it's either the top of the lineup was doing well and then the, everybody else behind, behind them kind of sucked. And that's kind of like what we saw on Saturday in game two where we lost 6-5. to five. We were up that game, you know, um, but the bullpen gave it up, uh, gave up two runs in the seventh via a home run and an RBI single, which put the game out of reach for us, right, because now we had to fight – even harder off of a game that we lost and trying to come in with that mentality to bounce back, and we never got it going. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, sorry. <laughs> um, the barrel, the candy. <laughs> that thing is, get that crack away from me. Um, yeah, I did as well. You guys didn't have to hear me munching over here. But, yeah, no, it, it, that game, at least, we bounced back, right? We lose 6-5. Um, you know, we didn't get the production we wanted as far as you know, obviously we, we didn't get the win. There was a couple guys that did it and they kind of underperformed collectively that should have, you know, done a little bit more. And had they done a little bit more, we would have easily won that game, right? Yeah, for sure. Brian De La Cruz, um, Jesus Sanchez, and uh, Guriel, both of those, all three of those guys who were batting third, fourth, and fifth in the lineup that day. Big in the rotation. Well, yeah, huge. Big spots. All of them combined two for 13 with one walk. So not a lot of production from three guys that you're. You're expecting something, at least in between the three of them. I don't need all three to ball out, but I I need to have at least one of you guys supporting whatever we are getting from the rest of the lineup. And that day, Luis Arias went four for five. 
So it's not like there weren't people on base or opportunities for these guys to do something. We just couldn't get anything right after that. And usually that's how we were winning games earlier in the season when we were on our good little streaks here where we were hitting consistently where the third third guy was the guy bringing in the run. That means first two guys got on and then we got another simple base hit and we were manufacturing a lot of runs. We started to fall away from that and this series kind of – just got away from the Martins quickly because, yeah, we lost that game 65. And then Sunday, you're thinking, well, let's bounce back. And then again, you know, almost completed the entire comeback in the ninth, but it was just too much because the Martins were down yet again early in this game. It, it sucks. It stings, you know, especially being so hot, being, you know, everything that we were doing leading up to the All Star break. But. It's not anything to necessarily hang your hat on right now, in my opinion. You know, it's not no. a good, not a good loss. You know, we lost the series, but you know, we went the second game six to five, third game five to four. I mean, Orioles, besides us, they're one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. They got a better record than us. I think they're standing at fifty seven forty five or something like that right now. Right. Um, you know, they they got they got some big hitters, some some big bats. True. So, you know, the fact Solid team. the fact we're able to hang with them, maybe necessarily we couldn't close it out. Um shake that rust off from the all star break. Who knows? It could we could attribute man. it to that. No, because these games were winnable. At the end of the they day, were. they were winnable. You know, maybe you say, okay, the first one gets away from you, but games two and three were definitely winnable, which is why I feel strongly about them. Because you're going up against like minded competition, a team that's also fighting for playoff exposure to get back into the swing of those things. Should have at least got the third game. You, you feel me? Like it's, it's not like you hear Baltimore in the playoffs recently. It's usually almost Tampa Bay, New York, and, and Boston, yeah, right? I hear you. So they're on that same mission as the Marlins. And I felt like competition-wise, we were kind of on the same level. It's not like these guys were that much better than us. We were definitely within the parameters of games that we liked as far as the style of games that we like to win and like to play, and we just couldn't capitalize on them. And that shit sucked because, yeah, Baltimore was hot. They had won five games in a row before before the series started, and now right. they've won eight straight games. Kind of tells you that even with the break, they that's a team that's locked in on their goal right now, and they're currently second in the AL East, which is hard as fuck to do because, again, you're mentioning the Tampa Bay Rays, New York Yankees, and the Boston Red Sox. Three teams that are collectively shown more winning historically and even recently than Baltimore has ever in the last five, yeah, seven years. Yeah, but the years. Red Sox and the Yanks are both struggling right now, so it's the Rays are really the only But if you had to put money on in the conversation. if you had to put money on one of those teams making the playoffs, sure, no, no, yeah. it wouldn't either, be. I, well, no, either franchise, you can, you can. Bingo. So same thing for the Martins, right? Like we missed that opportunity to, to go out there and maybe lose the first game, but win the series, which is w one of the goals that we changed towards midseason, right? Seeing how this team was playing and the fact that they were winning so many series. We kind of got accustomed to us being able to shake off a loss and go ahead and win the rest of the games that need to be won. Now we have another opportunity to do so. Starting tonight, by the time you guys hear this, uh, the first game of the series against the Cardinals will be done. But we, we need to show some type of resolve, right, and say there's no way that a playoff team like we are can continue to play like this. We need to play better. We need to get into a different mode of things and, and attack this with a different energy. Because talent-wise... We have what it takes. We've already proven that. We have what it takes talent-wise. We just need the consistency to, to continue to march towards that playoff standard that, that we need. <clears throat> 
So you're saying talent wise, we're there already. We're good enough to to play at the level that they shown this year. Yeah, why not? Why not? Who who else besides Arias, right? And and Soler has really stood out to you because Jazz hasn't played enough, and that's a third guy that we would probably be yeah. in in that conversation. Um, this to say out that I would say stands out to me would be right. uh, the the twenty year old pitcher, um, Yuri. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, and, and he got called back down, right? To the, right, so he's not available right now. Yeah. So besides those, as far two- as stand out for the year for this this year right here, because it, it would be number one out of his facts, right? Number one facts, right? Okay, so then my point for that is saying like, how much better can this team play? Because if if it's just those aspects, those one two three things that we mentioned, and everything else is just average, then the the team as a whole, is probably average and can play a little bit above average. And that's what we've seen so far in the first half of the season, right? Right. Because nothing really stands out to you. We mentioned that there's only two dudes on this team that even have double-digit home runs. So mm-hmm. the team is pretty average when it comes to power, but when it comes to hitting and averages... They're efficient. They're efficient. So it's not crazy to see to expect this team to perform every other series against competition. And Baltimore was good competition. Now we're playing a team like St. Louis, who has been struggling this year, right? Under 500, not necessarily doing well. Um, you know, they're 40 and 53 on the season. So 13 games under 500. Uh, they've won their last two games. So, again, the Marlins are going to have to go out there and play better than a team that's trying to play well, right? And, and, and this is a team that's still behind us, technically, when it comes to the wild card standing. So you want a further distance from, from them and bounce back from losing the series, not only getting swept, but losing the series and getting a win after that. No, the nice thing would be to sweep this series completely. Bounce back off, you know, uh, getting swept to now sweeping a team that's lesser, you know, than you this season. For sure. And then go into the following series, which is another, you know, underdog opponent and take two out of three on that, you know, or sweep that series and, and really bounce back, man. That That's really how the Marlins are going to get it done this year because, you know, baseball baseball is about the long run, bro. That's why so many games, why I hate this because, so like long. you said, any of those teams that are out of it, things can happen. Somebody gets hot late, you know, July, August, September, and then, boom, they're in the postseason and the, the, the Marlins are on the outside looking in. So and- we got to win the games in the series that – we are projecting that we need to win. You know what I mean? That we know that we're better than this is one of them, right? right? Because the two pitchers that we have going that have been announced so far, which is Lozardo, a guy who's pitched well for us this year, right? And is capable of going to this, of like at least going six innings to get a win. And we also have Sandy pitching to close out the series. And he's shown improvement from where he started the season to where he's been pitching his last four games or five games. So, we have a legitimate shot as far as the mound goes, right, uh, winning this series. And if we can win this series, maybe not get the sweep, but at least win the series, come back home and face that Rockies team, a team that, uh, that you know you can beat because they're not a good team. They're one of the worst teams in baseball. You can go ahead and build some momentum off of that. And, yes, it may be inferior teams, right, or teams that are – Record-wise. Record-wise. But you still guess what? You still got to go out there and win games and win the series. And that's what this is all about now for the Marlins, heading into that playoff contention. Because those good teams that spend money, the Mets, Phillies, 
um, you know, the Boston's, the New York's, the Dodgers, the, the Giants. Those, those, those are teams that are going to be able to acquire players and spend money and get guys towards the trade deadline to build up the rest of the roster for the playoff push. I don't know that the Marlins are going to be able to pull that off or if they're willing to pull that off mm. in order to add a piece here and there. Because at some point, you're going to have to add a piece to this team, whether it's in the pitching department or as a starter or a, a utility player or a bench guy that you can come and rely on for some power, some extra power that we don't necessarily have. Now, maybe you point at the return of Jazz as one of those quote-unquote free agent type pickups, right, where you get a player who hasn't really been available for you and now you're projecting him into a lineup where he's fully healthy. That's going to definitely help. But he has to be healthy, right? Do you get an extra piece? Do the Marlins have something in the farm system that they're willing to say, you know what, we're willing to get rid of this piece that we value so much in order to get a bat for this year, which we're not really guaranteed to be X type of player. Now, that all depends on how many other series can we win? How far can we push this leading the wild card into the season? Is there a chance where we make up some games against Atlanta, right, and get within three games, four games? Because right now we're still far, far behind them. I think, so I think the Marlins are, st- are, you know, are playing with house money. We're not really known for making those midseason trades and those crazy. Because even last year with Paulo Sanchez, we didn't deal him right nope. before the deadline, which was smart season trade. Uh, yeah, but you know, we, we're not known for doing that. Is my point, and and I don't see that happening necessarily. I think they're going to ride it out because I think also the Marlins' mentality right now is we're playing with house money. We didn't expect to be where we are right now to this point in the season. So, you know what I mean? Like, if it ain't broke right now, don't fix it. You know, something something about this unit that, that Schumacher, you know, has on the diamond is, is working. And um, it didn't work in this series against, you know, or the Orioles, but that's a formidable opponent, you know, with really, yeah. really strong team. They've been together for a while now. You know, it's not their first season together. Yeah. Uh, they got a good, strong core. And um, now the real test is, you know, that bounce back on the road. So I'm, I'm really hoping the that tonight – you know, by the time you guys are listening to this, you already know who won. But I'm really hoping that we can take this first game in uh, in St. Louis. It's very possible, bro. And, and I expect us to win and bounce back, man. I really do. I really do expect the Marlins to bounce back and and win this series and really push for a sweep. Um, a little diamond that we got from this series, right? It all wasn't bad. Um, Johnny Cueto made his appearance. You know, one of his since getting injured, pitched a couple of innings, didn't give up any runs, was able to get a strikeout. Just the fact that he's available now as an arm coming out of the bullpen. Very nice. That shit helps a lot. Of course. You know what I mean? You're, you're talking about a quality major league veteran starter coming out of your bullpen. That's dependable. That's dependable and has some stuff that he can really throw. Yeah, he's maybe not in the peak shape of his career right now, but it's a guy you can rely on for an inning. Yep. Whether he's facing lefty or he's a righty, doesn't matter. You know, he's a guy you can rely on. So the Marlins have... Players coming back, which is going to help. Uh, T-Raw is another guy that's coming back pretty soon from his injury. We, we talked about Jazz earlier. Let's see how it can translate to wins. But the guys that are playing right now, they need to to provide support. It can't be a rise, you know. Um, he's still leading the team with, obviously, the 380 batting averages here. But he's also leading the team in hits in the 130. Second uh, or tied for first with 19 doubles with Brian De La Cruz. And he's also the leading player on the roster for on base percentage at point four thirty one. Can't just be all him. There has to be support. Doesn't need to be somebody playing as good as him 
Just needs to be a collective effort. We need to see that happen against the Cardinals and the Rockies. Hopefully, we pack the house against that, that Rockies series, man, and really show these guys some love and, and get behind this team because it's worth it. You know, it's worth it. Let's see. Let's see what happens with the Martins, man. Now, the second thing that I want to talk to you about today is kind of right up your alley, right? I don't know if you've heard of, her, heard of this sport called golf. A lot of people play it. Golf, you say. <laughs> Some say the Scottish invented it. I might know a thing about it. Two. We have the, the Open teeing off this week on Thursday across the pond and at the Royal Liverpool Golf Club. Kind of interesting being the fourth and final major, right, of the season. We've seen a lot of drama, a lot of PGA players come through and win a tournament. We've seen a lot of uh, live tour guys you know, step up to the plate and, and really put on hell of a performances, Brooks, Phil. Phil. Um, wh- what do you think the main storyline should be heading into this week's line uh, or tournament at the mm. Open? I haven't looked. I really haven't looked at any golf media or anything like that leading up to this yet. Here we are Monday, so the first day of the tournament will be Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if I had to put my journalist hat on, and think like a journalist. I'm, cu- I'm my main storyline is going to be. I'm just off the top of my head is is can Cam repeat? Yep, last year's um, winner. You know, he's he's uh, yeah he was 2022's champion right before he ended up leaving to go to the Live Tour and uh, got paid a buttload of money and all that stuff. And now we've seen in recent weeks that you know they've consolidated and all that. Um, so now Live and PGA have merged. And um, I think that that right there is, you know, the major storyline. You know, Cam being one of the live defectors, can he be the second live player to win a major championship this season, making it 50% live players, 50% PGA players, which they're all the same shit anyways, but yeah. just a storyline, you know, behind that. Can he repeat as well? Um, I think another storyline is uh, is Rory now winning the Scottish Open. Um, this good. Week. Good performance at the Scottish Open. Clutch, in a clutch fashion. Um, that's another storyline. Can Rory win um, his fifth major? You know, his first major in, what, like 10 years or whatever it is? Yeah. So. He last won the Open in 2014. Yeah, so nine years. Yeah. So I think those are the two main storylines that I can think of. What about you? For me, it has to do a lot with Rory, right? Because, like you said, the comeback uh, burdening 17 and 18 to win the Scottish Open, right, from Robert McIntyre. That shows that he's locked in as far as what he has to do in order to feel good about playing at the Open. And naturally, him it, it, him being Rory, right, and having the name of being, like, you know, um, one of the faces of European golf players, right? Of international golf. Yeah. Period. Period, right? Or golf period, yeah. Right, so he carries a lot of weight, and I'm pretty sure that people are looking at him as a favorite, no matter what the odds are, and saying, "Man, this should be a tournament that you're winning." Now, he comes into the to the tournament. I think he's at a what plus thirteen hundred or something like that. Um, Cam Scott, uh, Cameron Smith, like you said, uh, he's at a plus sixteen hundred. We got Scotty coming in as the favorite at plus seven hundred, but we haven't who, seen. Who Scottie. do you have as the favorite? Scotty, I got. I'm looking at the Vegas odds, and they, what do they have they right got now? Rory at seven plus seven hundred. That's probably right off the win. Yeah, that's why I'm saying that, that's the main storyline right there. So, so, so again, you, I mean, you can yeah, you can have so many storylines that you. But can, he's you can the main there. one because of what 
Rory has said in the past, the the fact that he stood up for PGA, and you know what I mean. So it like, would be sweet redemption for Rory, yeah. Because I mean, so to win those, the last one, for and those get of you the last that don't laugh. know, you know, when the whole live uh, merger thing happened, and, you know, he he got kind of caught like he was like the scapegoat, you know, like, not the scapegoat really, but like no, the that's the right word for for the players per you know because of the fact that he was one of the most vocal ones, you know, he was having conversations with officials at the PGA that were telling him like you know yeah you know forget these guys we got to battle these guys these guys are bad for the game they're bad for the tour you know what i mean and and he took a, a firm stance on behalf of the players and on behalf of the pga and was vocal about it and like i don't like these guys and all this stuff only to be a part of them and and have all of the or, the organization fall under the same umbrella with the pfl yeah. now yeah and you know he's kind of like looks kind of looks like an idiot but at the same time not really because he's still honorable like the fact that he was he standing up for what he believed yeah, in you know and at the end of the day it's just money money rules on i'm sure he, i'm sure he learned a valuable lesson in that um but he's still a hell of a player and he's still a hell of a you know person so it, and he's got the guts and it, the balls to win big would, tournaments. It would be super dope. And I'm not the biggest Rory guy. I've come around on Rory in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. When I first got into golf, I wasn't the big Rory guy. <laughs> now I, I kind of I've come around on that. But it would be nice. It would be nice to see Rory McIlroy win, win another major championship. And let's be honest, him winning the Scottish Open in that fashion, like I said, back-to-back birdies, coming back from behind, chasing a guy down, those are traits that you want to have in your in your game heading into a big tournament like this against the best of the best because you looked at as a favorite now. And, yeah, and, but, and now you got to carry this momentum. But that also can work against him. Right? Yes. And then also the fact that now he's going to really be playing against the best of the best because this is everybody. The Scottish Open had a great field, but it didn't have everybody that we have in the Open. Correct. Has a lot of the same players, but Correct. there's even more competition here. So there's a lot more factors. There's a lot of guys here that know how to play Lynx golf and know how to play Scottish Lynx golf and all that stuff. Let's talk about one right now in particular, Brooks Kepka. Um, this is a dude who has played really good golf throughout the year, has really shown up in a lot of the majors, won a major this year, right? His ability to drive the ball, right, through cutting wind and stuff like that in very open field that this course is going to be, does this give him an advantage over a bunch of guys? What do you think? I, I think the long bombers like Brooks all have an advantage on courses like this because they can hit it so far, and these courses are pretty firm and fast with a lot of wind. Rory so, too. Rory, obviously, he's gonna he's gonna take advantage. Uh, guy, you know, off the top of my head right now that I'm kind of thinking of that hasn't really done anything, and I think this might be a good opportunity for him too. Uh, is uh, Cam? Uh, what's his name? Cameron? Not Cam Smith. Cameron Young, who's a long bomber. He's a long, long bomber. Uh, another long, long bomber, um, Dustin Johnson. He hits the ball a mile. Yep. He's he's a guy. He's uh, been, live guy. He's now a live guy. You know what I mean? He's a guy that I can see, so, you know, having a sneaky good weekend, you know, getting off to a hot start on Thursday. And, and you know, and everybody looking at him like, oh, shit, is, is he about to do something right. special here? You know what I mean? Because um, D- Dustin's kind of been meddling recently in, in, you know, the top fives, the top tens and stuff like that. He's been... Just a little bit off. There's been something just missing that maybe he can turn it on this week. Uh, Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open. Yeah. You know, you got to think maybe Wyndham Clark figured something out. But, um, but no, no, none of those live guys have really performed tournament in, tournament out like Brooks has. Brooks, yeah, right. Been, 
For and sure. We've talked about those general like world golf rankings or whatever. Right. He has to be up in that top three, top four consideration. We talked about it last yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta definitely consider him for the top five in the world. I mean, he finished second at the Masters. He won the PGA Championship mm-hmm. at the U.S. Open. He kind of struggled, but he still made the cut and made the weekend, uh, even with a really off week. You know, so. Um, yeah, Brooks is definitely one of the best players in the world. But all right, let's go through this list, though, man. Um, guys like Scotty Scheffler plus seven fifty, John Rahm plus eleven hundred. John Rahm's been a little quiet ever since the Masters. I don't know if that's a Masters hangover. It's, that's a guy that I'm not too confident going into this weekend. I told you about him, dog. How he's been kind of like shying away, shying away from the big performances, and not really being in contention. I haven't seen this guy's name really in a lot of top tens this year, regardless of the tournament. It's like. Man, you know, I get it. If you don't perform well at a major, maybe you don't have your best tournament. But, like, in these other small tournaments where it's just a PGA tournament, like, why aren't you dominating those or finishing in top fives like, like Scotty, Scotty is? You know? Right. And then we got uh, Cam Smith, who we talked about, at plus 1,400. Yeah. Brooks Kepka at plus 2,000. Wild. I think that's pretty good value right there. That's great uh, If you're a betting man or woman. Uh, Victor Hovland, plus 2,000. Um, Hovland. Kind of interesting. Another guy. I mean, him and another guy right below him. Ricky Fowler at a plus two thousand. You know, Ricky just just Let's got talk his about first win in a guys. while uh, at Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. You know, he's found something this year. He's been performing really well uh, th- throughout the year on PGA tournaments and majors. Right, moving up the World Golf ranking that you were alluding to earlier. I mean, that's yes, a guy sir. that he can do. He can also. I can see Ricky top top ten this this week at the Open. Yeah, for sure. And that and that's a guy who. When you mentioned earlier about guys who carry that pressure of winning tournaments, Ricky is one of those guys that came to my mind because it's like, man, Ricky is such a good golfer, but he doesn't have that standout major performance where, hey, here I am and I and I get this tournament, right? He was close at the U.S. Open. Super close, and he's been playing really good this year, really, really yeah. well. Is this a guy who can step up in the time of competition and win a tournament? Because obviously he's shown this year, right, that his game is good enough to win tournaments. His game is good enough to go up there and shoot really low scores, right? Regardless of what the field is playing like. I wonder if a guy like him, Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, if these guys can somehow take advantage of this course, right? Not necessarily being those power guys, but being able to get a lot of pars, come out with some birdies and, and kind of minimize the amount of mistakes of being in the deep rough or something like that. Because this course is going to be tough. Um... Playing in, in, in Europe is always tough for these guys, especially the American guys, I feel like, because they, they don't have those wind-whipping conditions in a lot of the major tour golf courses. Like, I feel like the wind out there is, like, always whipping at 10, 15 miles per hour. So let's see what that type of effect of conditions have on these guys, man. It's, it's going to be interesting to that's see. That's usually where the Euros get the, the edge, like your Tommy Fleetwoods and your right. Cameron Smiths and stuff like that. Another guy that is very sneaky, you know, in in that the aspect. Boy Tommy. Uh, well, I, I just mentioned Tommy, right? Yeah. Um, Shane Lowry, mm. former Open champion, won a mm. few years ago, beat out Rory McIlroy. I mean, you know, that's a guy that he he can he can show up to a major and, and fire off a couple low rounds, especially Absolutely. in some tough tough conditions because he's used to that. He knows how to play in those kinds of conditions. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick, man. And and look, even a guy like Morikawa. He's he's a guy who we haven't really seen too much of at, at top of the leaderboard, but when he's on, 
He's one of the best, and he can go out there and win tournaments. It's going to be interesting. This this tournament on uh, is starting on Thursday. It's going to be interesting, man. What I'm looking for is the, the coverage. How to watch the 2023 Scott? No, that's not what I want to watch. In the meantime, while you look that up, I'm going to ask you a question because this is the game we usually play. Who's going to be your favorite? Who's going to be your dark horse? I'll kick it off while you're doing some research. My dark horse for this tournament is going to be, it's going to be John Rom. And and he's a dark horse because he's been sucking lately. So I, we need this guy to wake up and show what type of golfer he is, right? Is he one of the best golfers in the world this year or is he not? And go out there and put yourself back on that. I don't want to say pedestal, but put yourself back on that that standing with the world's best golfers at the time because a lot of guys have shown up and put up some really impressive golf performances this year. John Rahm has not been one of those guys. Mm. And what was his odds? John Rahm is plus 1,100. He's the third third favorite. You know what? I'm going to take that pick back. I'm going to take that pick back. I'm going to go it's with my really original a dark pick. horse. A dark horse. I'm going to go with Victor Hovland. Okay. That's going to be my dark more, horse. More dark horse-ish than John Rahm, but both of those guys can be considered favorites. I'm talking about a real shit bomb, right? Down in the middle of this pie right here. Uh, dark horse, bro. If I had to think of somebody down here that I'm looking at on this list that is the darkest of horses. Who are you looking at? Uh, I, I like the name Cam Young. I don't know why, man. Cam Young standing out to me. He's down here at plus 5,500. Um, he, like I said, he's been kind of quiet. That's a guy that's a long bomber. Um, he, he, he hasn't really done much this year, but you know, I, I think that guy might be due. Um, and if I had to go with somebody to win this tournament outright as one of my favorites, who's your favorite? Oh man, I really like Ricky. Pretty Ricky. I would like they call him. Dog, you imagine Ricky wins this major dog, his first major. That'll be amazing. That'll after be so the US amazing. Open, after having the 54 hole or the 36, was it? 30? No, he had the 54 hole lead and he couldn't keep it up in the end. And, and Wyndham Clark came from behind, you know, if he can get off to a hot start and just kind of keep it consistent the whole weekend, man, that'd be, that'd be super dope to see Ricky Fowler win. That'd be raw. A major championship. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta go with Brooks. He's going to be my favorite because like I was saying earlier about him, man, he's one of those dudes dog. when, when you sit back and check out all of the performances at the highest stage, which has been the majors this year, he's going to be one of those guys that round in that top three. And he's a guy who should be in contention to win any type of major based off his driving ability, his, his ability to make clutch putts when he needs to, and his ability to get out of mistakes by hitting hard shots. You know what I mean? Um, makes Brooks a, a, a clear favorite for this weekend, for sure, in my opinion. And it's going to be interesting, man. Now, something else that's interesting that we're doing this week for this, we're doing the FanDuel lineup, all right? Sports with So-So. Teaming over with Miami Golf Rolls here, and we're going to put together a FanDuel lineup. I got the FanDuel lineup right here. Yeah, so if you do FanDuel or FDS, yeah. um, you know, or DFS, fill it in. DFS, I should say, uh, daily fantasy or whatever it is, um, like in football, basketball, whatever, where you just pick for the tur- for the game and the tournament or whatever, uh, you get $60,000 or units, whatever you want to call them. Right. Um, and you have to pick up to six players. You get up to pick. But the better players are worth more. The less players in the field worth a little less. So you got to try to come up with the perfect team. Uh, whoever has the most cumulative points at the end of the leaderboard is the winner. Right. So we're going to make one between Joel and I right now. Right. Joel's going to pick first. 
Um, and well, but wait, why did you give me your phone with the what is this? I don't know. It's just to make sure that we put the picks. We'll put them in later, dog. Oh, okay. Just so that we know the math and it adds so up. You're to gonna us. put me on the spot right now to make my picks. You're gonna, you're gonna make a pick. I'm gonna make a pick, and we'll alternate picks until oh, we're gonna make out. a team together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, we're in here. You should make the first pick, dog. Oh, you first. All right. You want well, me to make the first pick? I want you to make the first pick. Right, I, no want pressure, you to, I want you to make it because I know who you're going to go with already. Who am I going to go with? You're going to go with Brooks. He's no. right there at the top. No, I'm actually going to go with. I'm going to go curveball. with. Curveball. Here we go, folks. Morikawa. Wow, what a curveball. Hey, it's not a crazy curveball, but it's it's a decent pick without spending too much money. All right. is the first pick. You know pick. what? I'm going to go down to the bottom here, lower. Start with a, a lesser value player. A guy that I think is. Gonna do well this week for some reason. Minwuli. I like that pick. All right. That's a good pick. Played in the Scottish Open this week. Hit a pitching wedge to over 200 yards. That was impressive alone. I'm picking him because of that. All right. That's clean. That's clean. And, All right. And only $9,400. So we should still have some money to play with there. We, we should be good. You know what? Another guy that I'm gonna pick as a long shot, right? I'm oh, gonna go long shot again. I'm going long shot. Under, under 10 grand. Under 9,500, as a matter of fact. DeChambeau. You're going with Bryson. Yes. I'm picking Bryson. All right. That's some, some value there, I think. Um, I guess we got to go with a favorite then, man. Do we go with Rory? I feel like we got to take Rory here. I feel like we got to take Rory, too, because I think that this is the, the one for him, dog. This is the one where he steps up, he wins it. It's just, you know, it's almost that 10-year anniversary. Like, it'll be dope for him to get this tournament after being so close before, right? Um, all right, so we got two more spots left. Yep. We got Rory. How much money do we have left to play with? Seventeen nine. So what's the average there? Eight eight something? Eight. So we gotta eight. look for somebody We're down. We're looking there. in the eights. We're looking in the eights. Uh, wow. You know what? I really like this first year player a lot, Doug. And he's make he makes golf fun to watch on the weekend. We're gonna pick the gala at eighty five hundred. How you love That's that? That's great value. I like that pick how, a lot. How you love that? I like that pick a lot. How you love that? Did you add him? Yeah, he's there. I think I did. Check. Um, there we go. Put him on the board. He's on the board. That's the last pick. That leaves us with ninety four hundred dollars to play with. We got we got some cash. Who's out there? Cause so ninety four hundred dollars leaves us with uh, Maronk. Joaquin Neiman. Okay. Sam Burns. Okay. Seb Straka. Okay. Ryan Fox. Alex Noren. Russell Hanley. Louis Oosthuizen. Nah, Patrick nah, you're Reed, too far. You're Rob too McIntyre. Far. Denny McCarthy. Hogard. Too far. Too far. Chris Kirk. Uh, I'm trying. I'm just trying to find a name I like here, bro. Because all these guys suck. No, let's go back to that top five. Mm-hmm. All right. Maronk. I don't want to pick Maronk. I no. just don't want to pick that guy. Uh, Joaquin Neiman. Let's do that. Sam Burns, bro. Sam Burns has been pretty solid. You want to do Burnsy? Yeah. Damn, Thursday at 1 a.m. is the, the start. Wow. So that means we got to wake up super early for golf. I'm going to be up. Um, yeah, it's either him or Sepp Straka, man. I like either one of those nah, two let's, guys. Let's do... Um, you like Sam Burns better than Sepp? Let's do Burnsy. Boom. Right. There it is. There it is. So that leaves us with Colin Morikawa. Well, we'll start with the, the top dog. Right. Rory McIlroy, followed up by Colin Morikawa. Then we got a couple of guys in the 9,000s, uh, Min Woo Lee, Bryson DeChambeau, and Sam Burns. 
And then rounding it out at 8,500 is Sahit Digala. I like it. It's not a bad, uh, not a bad little lineup there. I would right? save that. See how yeah, that performs sure. this week. For sure. And yeah. if you do win some money, you know, feel free to donate. We'll be sending you some stickers for sure. Hit us <laughs> up on the Instagram. Slide in the DMs. Um, a guy who's definitely having his uh, DM slid into today, dog, is Lionel Messi. He made his official debut this week, this weekend at Inter Miami CF. And boy, was that a shit show, man. What a shit show that was. Not because of Messi or anything like that. No, it's just the dumbass that decided Bruh. to put that event on at Drive Pink Stadium. Like, that guy deserves Facts. to get fired. Facts. A, you didn't even consider the weather, knowing that it's been raining every other 15 minutes down here, right? B, you didn't even account for the amount of people who were going to fucking show up to this event. What you think, that people, only 10,000 people were going to show up to this? Get out of here, dog. Everybody and their mom was going to try to get a piece of that place, man. And they did. They broke through security. They couldn't hold them back and shit. It was stupid. It was raining for like an hour and a half, delayed for two hours because of the thunder and lightning in the area. It's like... Come on, guys. We could have done better, you know? And then one of the Moss brothers comes out and is like, oh, this is holy water. This is a great sign. I'm like, I don't know about all that, man, but way to make the best out of it. Yeah, silver lining, baby. I guess. Um, but nah, man, it looked like a shit show. The state, That stadium, if you've ever been to it, it's like Travis Powell, just pink. You know what I mean? And then, I don't know if you know him. Our listeners definitely know what Travis Powell is. Sure. Um, so I don't have to explain myself. But, uh, yeah, man, that shit was a mess. But, anyways, he did come out, and he said some shit, and I couldn't really understand it in the video that I saw. But I'm assuming it was something, you know, along the lines of excited to be here and excited Correct. to play or whatever. Um, his first game is going to be this week already that he Correct. plays in? Correct. Is Correct. That- and is it going to be a drive pink? Because this is going to be the same shit all over again. No, I don't think it's going to be a drive pink. I'm not 100% sure. Look it up. But, right. um, but yeah, it is this week. They're playing against uh, Mexican club Cruz Azul. If you know, you know. If you watch if you watch soccer, you know about Cruz Azul. Um, but they're playing in a League's Cup match. Um, the, the, the cool shit about Messi is that he's going to be on for the rest of this season, right? And then we have another two years of, of having Messi on Inter-Miami CF. We just resigned. Uh, we just signed an uh, ex-teammate of his in Sergio Busquets, another Barcelona legend, a, a guy who's familiar, very familiar with playing with Messi. So we add him to the lineup, improving the team immediately. And then you know they're also in the works of signing another Barca- former Barcelona player, Jordi Alba, to come in and, and play the back. Just just shows you the power of Messi, right, and his ability to have players come in not really make the most money that they could out there in the market, right? Because the Saudi league is obviously offering a good amount of cash for players who are willing to go to that league. You know, these guys decided to come to Miami to play in the MLS with Messi, dog. Like, and and, and it's just crazy the the instant impact that this dude's going to have. And don't get me wrong, he's getting his fair share of this, right? This guy's making between 50 and $60 million per year. Uh, part of his deal includes an option for part ownership in in uh, MLS club or in, in Inter-Miami. Um, similar to David Beckham, you know, he's getting revenue shares of Apple TV's MLS program, which is obviously going to have sales through the roof for people to watch Messi on, on Apple TV. Just crazy that his impact here is felt like that immediately. And this dude's going to be around for another two years. It's going to be crazy. Because now I bet they're trying to get that stadium built like yesterday, dog. 
Yeah, but I mean, what are we gonna do? Like, we got Messi now. That's great. This is a team that has five wins on the year. Yeah, it's been rough. It's been rough. But dead last in our conference. Dead last in yeah. the entire league. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when the season started. I don't know when it ends. I don't know how the playoff structure works. Right. But like, what is Messi really gonna do besides like, yeah, he's gonna pack out that whack ass stadium. And if we only have them for two years, that doesn't give us enough time to even get the permits to, to build a new stadium. No, we're definitely in the works already of building the stadium. There's no doubt about that. But as far as what's Messi contributing to the field, that's an instant winner mentality. Like, the fact that... No, I know that. I, I know that. But uh, like, this season what, is what not is foregone. that do for the season? That's yeah, my question the, exactly. Is this, it foregone? Yeah, it's not foregone. You know what I mean? It's definitely not foregone. But... Do we go undefeated and then make the playoffs? They have however to, that works. They just have to do a good job, bro. Honestly, man, of being smart enough to to compete and and instantaneously they're gonna win games based off Messi and Busquets alone. They're gonna beat teams because in soccer, majority of the team, the team that controls the midfield, is able to win the game. Now, are they gonna have a drastic season? It's possible. You know, it's possible that they go on a run where they win 10 games and, and tie a game, it's going to be very possible because of Messi, right? And the fact that... That would be some wild shit. Then it'll get everybody It's not that into, wild, Joel, considering the dude that we're talking about. Right, he's the GOAT. He's the GOAT, you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, Messi could come in here and this team could win 10 games straight and make the playoffs. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. And they're going to be competitive. Just off the strength of Messi alone. Now, again, you add a player like Alba, you add a player like um, Busquets. Like these are dudes who are really, 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 really good soccer players, regardless of their age. So they're going to be able to do what they need to do in order to put Messi and the rest of the team in good positions. And they're going to continue to add to this team. Obviously, maybe not so much the rest of this year, but you best believe they're going to find other talent to bring down here. So, did you get your message jersey already then? Fuck no, man. No? Nah? Nah, man. I'm not. Number one, my wife would fucking throw that shit away, right? Because I mean, it's, a, it's not the a Brazilian Argentinian beef Argen- is real. It's, it's not an Argentinian jersey. Listen, man. It's, it, it's a, the beef it's is a real. Miami CF. You know what? The next time you talk to my father in law, you ask him if it's all right to wear a messenger and see what he tells you. Nah, I'm not. Besides the that, I want to see the improvement. I want to see the improvement because the other teams that I have a vested, um, you know, some type of deposit or whether it be emotionally, emotionally or financially invested in, like I'm getting some type of results. The Panthers took me to a finals. The Heat took me to a finals. Um, the Marlins, they're they're in a playoff push. The Dolphins took me to the playoffs. Going to be t- looking forward to another deeper playoff run. So all these teams that I'm investing in, I'm getting a return on. We're into Miami FC. We haven't really invested in it. Now that we're going to start talking about them more, obviously because of Messi and the team that they're building, but I still want to see some type of return on that investment. Like, there's no way we get Messi and we lose. I don't want to see that. That's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that big, exciting run where we win 10 games, you know, and only tie a game. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be dope. I'll be, I mean, I'll be watching just for the, the sheer fact. I mean, I'm not the biggest soccer fan, you know that. Right. You know what I mean? I will watch it, you know, for the big moments, the World Cups and, and La Copa America and things like that. Uh, but, like, Miami, you know, FC, I haven't cared about. You know, they've been right here. Like, nobody cares about that. But they also haven't had 
one of one of the if not the greatest soccer player of all time on their team. So that alone right there is going to be the draw for people to watch just to see what transpires on the field with with him playing against these guys. It's going to be wild. Man. Um, so I'm excited for that, man. Um, and hell yeah, dude, I'll be the first one to say I'll jump on the bandwagon. I don't care. I'm right? Not a, I'm not a true diehard fan. If it's a dope product on the field and it's you know we're winning, I'll, I'll jump on that bandwagon. Quick. Did you check if the game is here or we? Did you find that? Oh yes, uh, we're playing Charlotte on the twenty. Charlotte. Uh, yes, at Charlotte on the twentieth. Okay, and then on, on the twenty first, twenty. No, that says the twentieth, August twentieth, seven thirty, Inter Miami and Charlotte. That's what I got. Oh, that's the next MLS game. Yes. Okay, their next game is this Friday, the twenty third. Yes, against that's no, the twenty first. What are you talking about, dog? The twenty third. I'm looking at. I see August. Uh, I mean, I don't know, dog. I'm looking at August here. I don't even know. Nah, they're I'm playing July twenty first. I don't know where you're I, looking I don't at. even know when this is. I don't know where you're looking at. But, yeah, Messi's debut is July 21st, Doc. They're playing Cruz, Cruz Azul, Doc. It's so weird. I see here August 20th against Charlotte. That's you probably have to look up the League's Cup schedule and you'll find it. Right. Um, but, yeah, so speaking of soccer, starting this week, uh, the U.S. women's national team, they're going to try to make their third uh, World Cup win in a row. Uh, let's see if they can accomplish that history. That should be dope to win three World Cups. That's crazy. Uh, crazy that the times are going to be, you know, like since they're in Australia, going to be very weird as far as trying to catch them. But um, they're kicking off, I think it's Saturday. Yeah, United States kicks off Saturday um, at 1 p.m. local time here. So check the women out, support, see what's up. Yo, you up the prices? Are you trying to go? Nah. <laughs> Nah, what are the prices looking for that messy game? Bro, it's expensive. Three bills, bro. For a regular-ass seat, For a regular-ass seat at Drive Pink Stadium, dog. There you go. The messy effect, baby. Verified resale ticket. These are all resale tickets. Cousin, you know that people are going to pay it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. People are going to pay it, so. That is wild, son. Hey, man, it's the messy effect. It's going to be on Apple TV. I'll watch it. Yeah, right. So I already have Apple TV. So, but yes, it's, it's weird because I see their schedule here. So Sunday, August 20th is the next regular season game. But yes, that's probably for the MLS. Next home match is Inter Miami against Cruz Azul, who I have no idea. I don't even know what that is. I told you that's the Mexican club, bro. Yeah, I know you said that, but I don't even, I've never even heard about them. <laughs> so four days away. Soccer heads know about them. Soccer heads know about them. Yeah, the Messi era is upon us. It, it begins Friday, man. Tune in. Tune in. Make sure you guys are tuning in. Get that free pass of Apple <laughs> Apple Plus if you haven't already, dog. Get your ass in there. Um, before we wrap up, man, we got to tell the people, man. I, I posted it earlier today on tell Instagram. But, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Tell a friend, dog. We're going to be out there at 365, man, hey. on Wednesday night, dog. Shout out to Steve and the 365 Empire. Shout out dog. to Empire, dog. Let's Y'all go. already know, See, man. I thought I was wearing the shirt. You City told him plugs. you got to wear it. He's wearing it, dog. Shout out to Empire, man. If you need that fire fit. Go see them, dog. Over in Miami Springs. It's my Legion of Zoom shirt. Legion of Zoom with the Dolphins on it. I got the Dade County OG on me. You already know. Go see our bro out there, bro. Yeah, man. And we're going to be out there on Wednesday uh, recording the playoffs in the championship game, man. And um, can't wait to bring you guys that that footage, man. We haven't done one in a while, dog. It's been a little minute. We haven't done one in a while, but we've improved our process and our, you know, upgraded some things. So I'm really excited to see how this video comes out. Um, That's that's going to be something that I'm going to take a lot of interest in and putting together. Hell yeah. And you know what? Um, the last couple of times that I've been out there just to check out the talents, definitely gotten a step higher, bro. And we're, we're, 
we're looking forward to a really tough, challenging game on Wednesday, man. I can't wait to go out there and be a part of that and bring you guys the the footage, man. So if you haven't already, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel, Sports with So So. Hit the notification button because trust me, you're not gonna want to miss this one. We're, miss this o- we're one. almost at 300, so help us push, out. Push, push. We gotta help get to that. Help 300. us out, man. One of my homies the other day followed me. I thought this mother was following me for months. He just <laughs> followed me. I was like, come hit on, the, man. Hit the subscribe, subscribe button. button come dog. on. And you know what? We got some merch dropping soon. Miami Golf Bros has merch dropping soon. Sports with Soso, we got merch dropping soon. So now's a good time to jump on that bandwagon and make sure to tell a friend. We're not closing yet. Why not? Because I want to talk one more thing, dog. All right. We got to talk about one more thing. Bring it up. Wimbledon, dog. Oh, I'm yeah. not a Wimbledon fan. I'm not a tennis fan. I actually fan, watched it. I actually I, watched I got, it. I, yeah, I turned it on. I mean, I had to, bro. Everybody was talking about it. All my group chats were popping <laughs> off. They were like, yo, this is getting wild. And I was like, all right, let me let me turn it on. Bro, bro, that kid did his thing. The crazy year old did his thing. The craziest part for me was the the fact that they put the, before the game started the age disparity between the two guys, fifteen years and like one hundred and thirty something days. Mm-hmm. That's wild, right? This kid just turned twenty years old. Mm-hmm. Rogers thirty five, turning thirty six. Like this dude was down six one, dog. In that first set. And in my mind, I'm thinking, there's no you way. You said Roger? No. Uh, excuse me. I meant Djokovic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Djokovic is 30, 36. He goes out there and, and beats the kid 6-1 in that first set. And in yeah. my mind, I'm like, yo, there's no way this kid has it within him to bounce back. Mind you, he's the world's number one player. And, right. And literally, the, the next one. Was a. And this dude's. Dog fight. Dog. Came back like if he was a fucking 14-year vet, bro. And. Djokovic ain't no no slouch at ah. this age. He's still he he's ranked number two for a reason because he's obviously better than the rest of the tennis players right now. This kid Alcaraz, um, he's really exciting, man. He's the future. He's really it. He's really it, man. To beat to because that's that's not his normal turf, right? Like he usually doesn't play a lot on grass. He's more of a hardcore guy, a clay court guy. Playing on grass is totally different. You're sliding, you're slipping the ball. You know, trajectory is different, like how the ball bounces, how how you can spin the ball. It's very different. Yeah, I saw that in the Browns patches that they had. The ball would hit there and kind of like, it's kind of like. It's almost like a dead ball. Yeah, that it just kind of gets a wrong bounce. Mm -hmm. That sucks. So imagine, dog, like trying to compete at that high level, right, and and still have that, that happen for you in a positive manner. This kid showed a lot of guts, man, and, and he deserves that championship. And to do it on the world stage like that at Wimbledon at such an early age, dog, 20 years old, when a lot of other kids are at his age are definitely not doing things like this. No shot, dude. I no was shot. getting wasted at 20, dude. I wasn't right? <laughs> winning the Wimbledon Nah, man, and not even considering it. Not even considering it. Hell no, bro. I suck at tennis. I tried tennis one time, and I was awful at it. I'm not even good at table tennis. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good, good at, at, t- with, at table I'm not good at anything tennis, with paddles, dog, like racquetball. And shit like that. I'm I just, an athlete, dog. I never learned. I never Get learned how to boy. properly do it. But yeah, that was dope, man. That was pretty dope um, to see that. It, it was, it was uh, interesting to see the stat line that that since he's been alive for the twenty years he's been alive. There's only been four uh, the winners of Wimbledon majors, of majors championships. Yeah, of major or not just Wimbledon of just majors in general. Federer, uh, Djokovic, Nadal, and I forgot who the last one got. The last one was Andy, or was um, it one of the other Americans? It, was, it could have been Murray, I think, but that was it. Yeah, I think it might have been Murray, and, but that was it. And this dude did it at twenty years old, 
But the, who, bro, like that's a lot of wins. But there's four every year, right? Yeah. Like, don't get all, me wrong. Right. Yeah. And only have, four people up until now had won all four of them every year for the last nasty. God knows how many years. Nasty. That's that's wild. Like that's dominant. So you don't see like the only thing that you can see in golf that resembles that it's was Tiger, Tiger and his that's run. It. And that's it, like, uh, or like maybe racing, like, uh, but no, but Max Verstappen, but even Verstappen, like, there hasn't won enough championships. Hamilton, Hamilton won a bunch of championships, but it's not like he the most championships ever. You know, nobody like like, that's so wild that tennis is like that, dog. Like, just shows you what type of era hit tennis with those three guys when they came aboard. Right, it was wild because it was like literally number one split three different ways because there's no way that either one of those guys were two or three, right? It was just a different variation of one. This guy would be these two guys to get the tournament championship. This guy would beat the other two guys to get the championship. You know what I'm saying? It was always in that film form of fashion. Yeah. But now we see that one dominance in Carlos Alcaraz, a 20 year old kid um, from España. España. Um, and a kid who's awesome, bro. You see this guy, he's in shape. He's obviously has that youth exuberance where he can make moves and, and get in and put his body in positions to hit the ball. Very impressive. What uh, he he's did, a beast, man. man. He's a beast. That Deserves that number man. one gotta, ranking. Yeah, for sure. I got to right? get into more, more into tennis. That's no, like, he's going to make it fun to watch now, bro, oh, because yeah. being so young and already dominating great legends at that young age. It's impressive. It's impressive. It shows he's got a long way to go, man, for sure. Dope shit, man. Dope shit. Good call on that. Yeah, no doubt, man. I just hope that he tells a friend. Right? To tell a friend? To tell a bunch of friends. To tell one more friend? To tell everybody he knows. To tell everybody that they know that this podcast is on YouTube. So you have to hit the subscribe button and make sure you have the notification set up so that you get notified every time we drop some heat. And trust me, we got some heat coming for you guys. Not only 365, but we got a preview of Crawford versus Spence Jr. dropping this week with Victor Bermudez. Ooh-wee! You're not going to want to miss this one, folks. Until next time. Peace. Peace.